Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. Hi, folks. You're listening to Two Men in the Mouse, episode 175 on the White Dragon Podcast Network, recorded live on February the 2nd, 2018. This is your everyday guide to the magic of Walt Disney World and the larger Disney universe beyond it. My name is Kevin Kessler, and I am not joined this week by my good friend and co-host Peter Mandel. Um, he is having some technical issues, and I will get into that in one second. Uh, folks, Pete and I are two lifelong Disney fanatics who have managed to keep the magic of Disney alive in our lives every day, and we want to share that magic with you. So pull up a chair, gather the family, or pop in your favorite set of headphones, and let's experience the magic together. Okay, so um, Pete and I were scheduled to record on um, Friday morning, uh, which would have been the 1st of February. But unfortunately, something's going on with his computer. He needs a new cable or something like that. And it's going to take a little bit for the one he ordered to get to him. So Pete will return. But we're going to have um, about a week or so without him. Uh, but he, you know, he's he will be back. Don't, don't you worry. But I have got a series of guest Pete's uh, for the next couple of shows. And I'm super happy to, to, to bring back a familiar face this week. Uh, folks, she is the original uh, geek gamer girl. She is uh, the incredibly accomplished um, host, cosplayer, you name it, she's done it. It is Becky Adams, a.k.a. Actrez. Welcome back to the show, Beck. Hey there, hi there, ho there. What's going on? How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really, really great. Um, how, how have things been going for you in your Disney life? Always magical. Always. Every day is a magical experience. Yeah, you know what? Your uh, your Christmas tree was very Disney magical. I really liked that. It, it is, and and my Christmas tree stays up as long as I possibly can keep it up. Mm -hmm. So it is it is still alive and well. Actually, it's not alive. It's a, it's a fake tree. Right. I wouldn't be able to do what I do if it was a live tree. But it's <laughs> normally up. It's normally up until about April or May when it starts getting really warm outside. And I think to myself, you know, it's time for the magic to go away again until November. Mm -hmm. I, I saw your tree uh, when I was watching one of your Storybook Sunday uh, live streams on Facebook, which is a thing you've been doing lately, which I think is really great, and I really enjoy them. I try to tune in whenever I can. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Absolutely, yeah. I love doing Storytime Sunday. Uh, we do it every Sunday on my Facebook, which is uh, facebook.com slash fun. Uh, we do it every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's basically me reading a children's book. And we have a really great partnership with a local bookstore called Briar Patch Books here in, in Bangor, Maine. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, the idea came from a trip to Disney. Uh, we were at Disney and they have the, uh, what is it, the Duffy Family Fun yeah. on the 15s at night. And I thought to myself, you know, that's a really, really great way for parents to sort of just relax after a day of taking care of their kids 
and enjoy a story being read to them. Um, it's something innately awesome about storytelling and something that's kind of in our in our DNA. And so that's that's why I do what I do. Absolutely. I listened to a couple of the ones that you were doing right around Christmas time, and they were really, really great. Uh, and for those people that don't know, the Duffy story time that she's referring to is on the when you stay in a Disney resort on the um, – on one of the channels uh, on your Disney Resort TV, which you have a million different Disney-specific channels, and uh, at, at nighttime, around eight o'clock, I think I think it is, you uh, can hear the Duffy uh, story read to your children as like a bedtime story, which is really a, a great little extra uh, free bit of magic that you get when you're staying in Disney Resort. Uh, Becky, you've got some other things uh, cooking on the, cooking on the fire right now too. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So for many, many years, I ran a website called Girls Entertainment Network or Gen Online. And that was a website where I basically met a majority of my best friends. And we focused on things that were in the geek and pop culture world. So video games, anime, cosplay, all of the above. And at our height, we had about 30 writers from all over the world. Uh, and we're all still very close now. In 2010, that site went away. But we are bringing it back. And I'm really excited for this next uh, journey with this site because we've all sort of grown up together. And now we're adults. And now we have jobs. And now we have kids. And we're still those same geeks. So it's, you know, growing up geek, basically, with all of my friends. And so we're, we're excited to start talking about what that's like to be middle-aged and in this this world and still love all of the things that we love. That's really cool. And you know what? I feel like you and a lot of your friends in like the cosplay community and the entertainment community really kind of paved the way for this geek girl revolution that you kind of see going on in modern day today, where, wherein you see a lot more girls embracing their, their geekiness, a lot more girls embracing um, a lot of the pop culture stuff that was always kind of stereotypically reserved for men. And, you know, I think that's something you should definitely be really proud of because, I see it all the time, and I always think to myself, like, ah, oh, I bet you my friend Becky had something to do with this. It was it was an interesting time when I first kind of got into it. It was definitely uh, not the norm, mm -hmm. and we had to fight for for getting you know getting out there a little bit more. So well, I mean, it's, you, it's awesome. Yeah, you've you've shown me those like cosplay videos that you did like like very early on. Where in like you were like interviewing people in costume and I could see like the, the guys that you're interviewing are looking at you like kind of weird. Like, why is a girl doing this? Like, and you know, so you really kind of pioneered that. And I always have respected the heck out of you for doing that. It is, um, you know, it, it really kind of is one of those steps that helped create the world that we live in today. You and Yaya and like, you know, like all those other, you know, females in that community really kind of did that. So awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to see your new site. Uh, are you ready to jump into the news? Yeah, let's do it. The news this week brought to you, as always, by our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, who will plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. It's a no-brainer. Reach out to him, DisneyDaveW at Verizon.net. Okay, so we got worldwide news, first and foremost. Um, first of all, it's a little bit of Disneyland news. Uh, d did you see this thing where this dude climbed Space Mountain? <laughs> Yeah, only in California. <laughs> well, no, I mean it happened here with the with the Epcot pyramid. Oh, that was in the Mexico that, right, pavilion. Okay. Yeah, like some only guy, in Florida. <laughs> yeah, some guy like climbed Space Mountain, and they had to suspend operations and get him down. Here's my question on that: How did he get that close? How did he get? How did he even you know make the first ascent? Well, that's the thing. Space Mountain as a building is like. 
it's a lot more difficult than let's say the pyramid in Mexico and the Epcot pavilion because that is like super easy. You you hop up once and you're and it's like steps going up to the top. Um, not like not that I've you know planned this climb at all for myself, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I want to. Yeah, the cast members must have been sleeping on their jobs. Some points were definitely handed out uh, for this huge lack in security. Yeah, that's that's it's interesting to think about because if you think about the way that the the building is, where the building is and how it's situated, I just wonder if there wasn't a camera in that area right. or there wasn't, you know, there's not always cast members around that building. They were in the front and then they're in the stores. Mm-hmm. So it had to have happened from like a back backside or back way around. But where are the cameras? I mean, it's Disney. You'd think they'd have cameras everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, now, in further Disney news, uh, there, remember a couple of months ago, I had reported that the Magic of Disney store at the Orlando International Airport was closed, and it was a very sad day for us all. Well, apparently it wasn't closed forever. It was just closed uh, to open up a new store in the Orlando Airport. The Magic of Disney store is now open with a whole new streamlined look. It looks a lot like the World of Disney uh, refurbishment <laughs> over in Disney Springs. Are you a fan of that, of that look? Because I'm kind of on the fence with it. So I understand, I get that they want to modernize it. Mm. I think at the same time, they've taken out a lot of the, a lot of the magic, a lot of the, the, I don't know what, what the word is, but they streamed, streamlined it too much. And I feel like it's too clean. It's too, bleh. Yeah. I, I like having the characters in there. And I really loved the old world of Disney had almost like a steampunk feel to it. It was the the dark, like coppers and metals and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And I loved that. I thought it was a very interesting aesthetic. And I think that now it's a little too bleached. It's a little too. Yeah. It's bright. almost too pristine, I guess. Is, mm-hmm. I, I, I know that sounds weird to say when you're talking about Disney because, you know, we all love the, the pristine image that it portrays, but yeah, no, I'm 100% with you on that. Um, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm on the fence because I, I understand the need to make it look more modernized, like you said, but I also do selfishly kind of miss that original, you know, it's almost kind of like you never want anything to change, but that eventually the change becomes the norm. Mm-hmm. So um, the Skyliner is currently testing. It's very exciting. That is exciting. Cap- I'm, I'm interested to see what that's going to be like. We reported last last week that the uh, the first cabin was placed up on the uh, up on the rail. Apparently, now there's more. They've moved them onto the line at the, at Disney's Caribbean Beach Resort, which is going to be the main hub of the Skyliner system. Uh, the final theming is also underway at a lot of these places. So they're they're adding like the final touches to a lot of the uh, the stations to make them you know fit in with the theme like. Epcot's got a really cool mural uh, that kind of fits in with the architecture of the pavilions. Uh, the mural is about flight. It's got a bunch of birds on it. The, then you have uh, Caribbean, over Caribbean Beach. It's, it's more of an island feel, so it's pretty cool. Uh, the list of characters appearing on the gondolas has also been released. It's more than just the, the original few that we had saw in the beginning. You ready for this? Yeah, go for it. Beauty and the Beast, Frozen, Lilo and Stitch, Moana, Peter Pan, Princess and the Frog, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Zootopia, Coco, Goofy, Pete, Horse, Horse Collar, and Clarabelle Cow, Finding Dory, The Haunted Mansion, Monsters, Inc., Pirates of the Caribbean, Ratatouille, and Mickey, Minnie, Pluto, Chip, and Dale. I also did see a Donald and Daisy as well. So, 
And I saw Donald and Daisy. I saw Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there, yeah, there's lots going on that's going to be really, really cool with this. Interesting. Interesting choice of characters. I agree. Uh, you know what? I, I forgot to mention in the beginning, I do have some Two Men in the Mouse news as well to kind of fit in here with the worldwide news. Uh, I would mentioned that we were bringing in some guest Pete's. I do have the, 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 the our next two guests already lined up. Uh, I'm very, very excited. So uh, next week, um, or possibly the same week, I'm going to be putting these episodes out kind of rapid fire. Um, I'm going to be joined by uh, Maddie Moat, uh, who is a YouTuber over in the UK. She's an educational YouTuber. She's also the host of a television show in the United Kingdom called Do You Know, which is focused on uh, teaching kids in the UK about how things work, like how does a dishwasher work, how does a water slide work, and so we're going to be talking about uh, educational, like, edutainment offerings at Walt Disney World. I'm very excited for that. And then the following week, um, <laughs> I am, we are going to be joined again uh, by the one and only Disney legend, Mr. Bill Farmer, the voice of Goofy, and uh, he and I will be talking about, it's not going to be parks heavy, so... We are going to be talking entirely about the Kingdom Hearts series. So I'm super, <laughs> super excited for that. Um, Is he going to be doing the entire podcast in the voice of Goofy? No, I mean, but you know what? Last time when we interviewed him, he uh, he kind of turned on the voice here and there. So I'm hoping he'll... I mean, if I can get him to say Kevin's the Keyblade Master is Goofy, I'll be happy. And just isolate that and make it my ringtone. Uh, right. <laughs> um, so moving on, we have resort news. Uh, Beaches and Cream over at Disney's Beach Club Resort is closing for a refurbishment this summer. Pretty lengthy refurbishment, actually, going from August... Uh, late August into December. I'm sorry, early August into December. Uh, it's going to be improvements to the layout of the restaurant, which it is kind of, Have you ever been in Beaches and Cream? I haven't. It's a very small space. And of course, Beaches and Cream's claim to fame is the, um, the kitchen sink, um, which oh, okay. is not the kitchen sink that you can get at the, on Main Street USA at the ice cream shop there. It is a ginormous bowl of ice cream, which is scoops of every flavor they have. And in top, like two cans, two whole cans of whipped cream and every topping on the menu. So there's a lot going on in this bowl of ice cream. There will be a temporary ice cream shop located at Yacht and Beach Club uh, throughout the course of this expansion. However, the kitchen sink uh, will not be offered at this. They are also closing the arcade that is adjacent to Beaches and Cream. I think that's going to be they're going to be expanding the restaurant out because a, a lot of people try to get in there and it's usually has a wait because it's a small space. Yeah. Uh, no water park news this year, other than it's been cold. Um, <laughs> or this week, I mean. Magic Kingdom news. Permits have been filed for the track installation for the Tron roller coaster in Tomorrowland. Very, very exciting. Yes. yes. Uh, have you watched the um, like the the ride through from the Shanghai? Oh yeah. I, I one of my one of my bucket list items is to go to Shanghai. I've been to almost every Disney except for the ones in Hong Kong and Shanghai, um, and they've got such such amazing rides and experiences there absolutely one of our listeners was nice enough to to share a bunch of their um their shanghai disney pictures uh with me recently and i was very very like i was very impressed by how things look uh over there yeah i definitely would like to see it now my one thing is and i and i feel like i'm kind of going to be dashed at this and i might be completely alone in my in my viewpoint here but i don't want the tron coaster to go outside the way it does in shanghai Hmm. Which I understand it's like a cool visual. For me, it takes me out of the Tron world to be suddenly thrust into the user world. 
That's true. But yeah, that does make sense, actually, if you think about it, because yeah. you're in a video game. So exactly. It, you wouldn't be going outside at any point. So the construction is being carried out by Coastal Steel Incorporated, who does a lot of Disney's work there. Uh, there's no official opening date for this coaster yet, but it is expected to open in spring of 2021 uh, to coincide with Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary. Uh, the Maleficent Dragon is back, Beck. Woo! Uh, yeah, the, Male- the steampunk Maleficent Dragon from the Festival of Fantasy Parade, the centerpiece of Festival of Fantasy Parade, famously caught fire. Uh, I believe it was over the summer. Uh, the head just engulfed in flames. There's a video of it floating around YouTube. It's in the middle of Liberty Square, and it is just on fire. It has been absent, um, but about eight days ago, it appeared in the parade once again. So very, very happy to see the Maleficent Dragon back. It's one of the most impressive parade floats that I think Disney's ever made. I agree, 100%. I was, I was a little worried they weren't going to bring it back. I'm glad they did. We have a, a rare character schedule for Mickey and Minnie's surprise celebration that's going on at the flagpole there on Main Street. Remember we talked about the fact they moved Pluto over into uh, Pete's Silly Sideshow. He's got a whole new outfit, um, you know, circus-themed outfit now. Uh, but they are putting rare characters out every single day to celebrate Mickey and Minnie's surprise celebration. Now, this is subject to change, but at the moment, Fridays, you're going to meet uh, Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde. Saturdays, Phineas and Ferb, our favorite, right? Mm-hmm. If it was Perry the Platypus, I would you wouldn't have been able to keep me away. But I do also <laughs> love me some Phineas and Ferb. Um, Sundays, you can get Chicken Little, Chicken Little and Abby Mallard. Mondays are Robin Hood and Little John. Woo-hoo. Tuesdays are Gideon and Foulfellow from Pinocchio. Wednesdays are Remy and Emile from Ratatouille. And Thursdays are Prince John and Friar Tuck from Robin Hood. So, some rare character offerings there in Magic Kingdom. So, take advantage of those while you can, folks. Uh, how are you, do you? Have you ever been for Flower and Garden Festival? Yes, I have. It's one of my favorite festivals. My favorite festival is currently going on. That's Festival of the Arts, which I went to mm-hmm. recently, and it was absolutely tremendous, as it always is. But um, the Flower and Garden Festival is coming up next, and that is going to be March 6th to June 3rd. And we got some new offerings this year. Uh, the popular Garden Rocks concert series, which was which we had last year as well, is now expanding to every day of the festival, featuring artists performing three shows daily at the America Gardens Theater. So that's 270 concerts over the course of that time period. Um, so it's new and returning fan favorites are going to be going. We're going to get into the, who's performing in our next bit of news. Uh, creative new culinary dishes and several new outdoor kitchens are debuting this year. Advent Health will host a kitchen along with a nearby playground where the whole family can learn fun and interactive ways to stay healthy. Woody and Buzz Lightyear will be, will be joined by Bo Peep and her sheep at the Toy Story Topiary. Now, that's not characters to meet. That is just the Topiary. It's going to have Bo Peep and the sheep now, too. That's going to be near the family play zone in Future World East. Uh, Spike's Pollen Nation Exploration Family Scavenger Hunt will be more fun than ever this year with new locations to discover along the Garden Pollination Trail. Guests can also commemorate their scavenger hunt experience with select merchandise offerings featuring everyone's favorite bee, Spike. I like Spike. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, another guest favorite returning this year uh, from April 5th to 21st while supplies last is the Egg Stravaganza scave- <laughs> Scavenger Hunt. Excuse me. Uh, guests can search for Disney character-themed eggs around World Showcase. This is kind of an Easter egg hunt. It's right around the time of Easter, so. <clears throat> In celebration of Disney Nature's Penguins, which opens on Earth Day, April 17th, a nine-foot-tall art sculpture made from recycled marine debris 
will be on display in Future World featuring an adult and baby Adelie Penguin. Created by the Aww. nonprofit organization washashore.org, this work of art is designed to inspire guests to keep our oceans and waterways clear of plastic pollution. So it, they're they're taking garbage from the ocean and making penguins out of it. I love that. I love that idea. It's kind of like when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. When life gives you sea garbage, make penguins. <laughs> Among the returning gardens and exhibits, guests will once again enjoy the Goodness Garden Butterfly House, uh, where a thousand native butterflies fly around. Um, there'll be several world showcase pavilions that'll include gardens with floral life. Um, and as, and as always, you're going to have the, um, the topi, the character topiaries all over the place, which is really kind of the, the, the ultimate thing that people enjoy for flower and garden. Um, in addition to the outdoor kitchens, raised bed or in-ground gardens of herbs, and produce will offer the best inspiration for learning to grow healthy ingredients. Several Epcot food and beverage locations, including Taste Track and Refreshment Port, will offer festival-themed eats and libations. Uh, now we got the Garden Rocks Concert Series. You ready for this? Go for it. Once again, it's a lot of the one-hit wonders, um, but they, and as always, Disney gives us the one-hit wonder and then tells us they're one hit so that we know who they are. So sound off if you like any of these, Beck. Uh, gotcha. The former lead vocalist for Journey, Steve Algieri, is new this year. Of course, you know, famously Journey for Don't Stop Believing. It's not Journey, it's just their lead vocalist. Uh, Glass Tiger, which is new to Garden Rocks, who sing Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone. Uh, John Anderson of Yes, also new this year, owner of A Lonely Heart was his hit. Tony Orlando for Knock, with Knock Three Times. Simple Plan with Perfect. Ambrosia, also new this year, The Biggest Part of Me. Magic Giant, also new this year, set on fire. Air Supply is is new to Garden mm. Rocks. With obviously, I'm all out of love. I'm so lost without, lost without you. you. I can't. I'm totally gonna see them. Um, <laughs> Berlin, featuring Terry Nunn with "Take Take My Breath Away." I love that song. So I want I want to see them too. The Smithereens are new this year uh, with "Top of the Pops." Rick Springfield with "Jesse's Girl." Uh, Christopher Cross is new to Garden Rocks this year with Sailing. The Spinners, Working My Way Back to You. Uh, I think I saw them one year. Not not on purpose, just like I was walking by. Um, Dennis DeYoung, the original member of the group Sticks with Come Sail Away. John Michael Montgomery, new this year with I Love the Way You Love Me. Uh, Sister Sledge, new to Garden Rocks this year. Uh, they are, um, we are family. Um, Night Ranger with Sister Christian. <laughs> Do you like them? Sorry. Just reminds me of my dad. <laughs> Sister Hazel, new to Garden Rocks, is here with All For You. Stephen Curtis Chapman, also new to Garden Rocks, is here with Cinderella. Toby Mack, new this year, The Elements. Lone Star, Amazed. The Orchestra, starring former members of ELO with Evil Woman. Uh, Herman's Hermits, starring Peter Noon. I'm Henry VIII, I am. <laughs> Don Felder, formerly the Eagles, which big hit was Hotel California. Flock of Seagulls this year. Oh, sweet. Yeah, May 8th to 9th, Flock of Seagulls with I Ran So Far Away. Uh, the, yeah. Ma the Marshall Tucker Band, also new this year, heard it in a love song. Richard Marks, new this year, right uh, right here waiting. Starship featuring Mickey Thomas, We Built This City, my favorite every year. Uh, Colin Hay of Men at Work with Who Can It Be Now. War, new this year, Why Can't We Be Friends. Uh, the Guess Who, uh, obviously American Woman, John Cicada, uh, or Cicada, Just Another Day, and uh, the last one will be Blood, Sweat, and Tears with their hit Spinning Wheel. 
So. Okay, so here's here's my comment on that list. Mm-hmm. They know their demographic for this specific <laughs> festival. You think Seriously, so? like, yeah, because you think about it. Think about um, Eat with the Beat uh-huh. Festival, which is during Food and Wine Festival. And it's all 20, 30 year olds for the most part. And mm-hmm. so they have a lot of 80s and 90s act. Right. Um, a lot more 90s act in Eat with the Beat. This is all like 70s, 60s, 80s. This is a garden festival. This is an older demographic. Yeah. But they yeah. are completely playing to a different demographic. What does it say about me that like I'm more excited about this lineup than I was about <laughs> that I was about the Eat to the Beat Eat to the Beat concert? You're an series. old soul, Kev. Yeah, You're seriously. An old soul. Like I would love just looking at the I would love to see Air Supply, um, Berlin, Rick Springfield, um I would totally go see um uh who else? Flock of Seagulls, uh, Starship. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a really great lineup. The the Garden Rock concert series performances take place at 5.30 p.m., 6.45 p.m., and 8 p.m. each night of the festival and are included in regular park admission. Guaranteed concert seating is available by reserving a Garden Rock's dining package at select Epcot restaurants. They used to do fast passes for these. They don't do that anymore. Now, you gotta if you want guaranteed seating, you have to get the dinner package. Uh, no Animal Kingdom news this week, other than I love it, and the baby hippo is my friend. Uh, Hollywood <laughs> Studios news, though. Panasonic has uh, specified their involvement in Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, hmm. the new uh, attraction that's replacing the Great Movie Ride. Uh, so according to Disney, the specific visual requirements of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction require imaging systems that meet the highest technical requirements of precision color rendition and brightness. Panasonic's laser-illuminated projects do that extremely well, according to Tom LeDuc, principal show systems designer for Walt Disney Imagineering. He goes on to say, we look forward to working with Panasonic to push technological boundaries that bring our guests to places only previously achieved in their imaginations. Um, now also, uh, Panas- uh, director of Panasonic Hollywood Laboratory... Uh, Ron Martin chimed in and said, we are pleased to have the opportunity to once again provide Panasonic's cutting-edge projection technology for a new Disney Parks attraction, especially for the first ever ride through Mickey Mouse attraction. <clears throat> Panasonic is proud to help Disney Parks immerse their guests in the animated world of Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse in a way that has never been done before. Panasonic now actually has their hands, and the reason I thought this was newsworthy is because you don't realize how much Panasonic technology is already in Walt Disney World. Uh, they have, um, so not just Walt Disney World and Disneyland, the Finding Nemo Submarine Voyage, Disneyland Radiator Springs Racers, uh, Haunted Mansion, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Frozen Ever After, the Grand Fiesta Tour, uh, yeah. the Navi River Journey. They're all Panasonic technology. So. Yeah, absolutely. Anywhere there's screens, honestly, yeah. you've got to think about that. Like, yeah, the first thing I thought about was the, the Grand Fiesta Tour. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's got to be Panasonic. Totally. Totally. Uh, and that's the news this week. There you go. Yay. Uh, quite, a, quite a bit of news for having only a week's worth of uh, time. But yeah, um, so we are going to take a quick commercial break. We're going <clears> to <throat> hear from our sponsors and the rest of the White Dragon Podcast Network. And be back with our e-ticket attraction of the week. So stay tuned, folks. More Two Men in the Mouse coming at you right after this. You know, Pete, it's hard work planning a Disney vacation. 
course. Your whole family has to get going. You got to pack everything up. You got to figure out where you're eating. You got to figure out where you're staying. But you know what makes life so much easier? Makes your trip planning a more fun experience? Tell me. That sounds like something I need. Absolutely. You need a travel agent. Do we know one of those? We absolutely do. We know our good friend and sponsor, Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse, folks. We've both used him. Yes, we have. Dave Weikert plans our Disney vacations all the time, and we would not recommend him if we didn't use his services ourselves. Dave started his Cranford-based business here in 2008, and in that time has been planning hundreds of Walt Disney World vacations. Dave plans every trip as if it was his own, and you will never find someone more passionate about Disney. Very easy to work with, and will do his best to make sure you're satisfied. Working with Dave, you're likely to pay less and get more. And what's better than that, Peter Mandel? Tell me. You never pay a charge for Dave's services. It is 100% free. Dave will plan your entire trip for no additional cost to you. That sounds awesome. Absolutely. Dave has helped over 875 families enjoy their Disney vacations. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, Dave has visited every Disney World resort and has personally stayed at 12 Disney World resorts. He's dined also at every Disney restaurant. He's crazy about Disney food. That is an accomplishment. Absolutely. I wish I could say I did that. That's like like the snack challenge times 10. Yep. Dave also gives you Disney dollars for land packages and shipboard credits for any Disney Cruise Line vacations you might be going. Uh, This can be used as cash at any Disney destination or store. Traveling with kids in your party, Dave will also provide you autograph books for all your kids. He gave them to us? Absolutely. Your kids went down with Dave Weicker autograph books. Of course. Well, Disney autograph books supplied by Dave Weicker. Depends how his name on Dave simplifies your life by booking your complete vacation, including resort stay, airlines, Disney meal plans, and park passes. Also, checks daily for new discounts. When specials are announced, he immediately checks availability and rebooks your vacation at the lowest possible price. Dave can also book all your Disney dining and will do his best to get hard-to-book reservations like Cinderella's Royal Table and Be Our Guest. It's really, truly a no-brainer, folks. Take the stress out of your life. Dave Weikert of Magical Travel, the official travel agent of Two Men and the Mouse. If you and your family are taking a trip to the Orlando area this year, your little ones deserve to stroll in style. Lugging a stroller from home can be an annoying and frustrating part of the first leg of your journey, and renting those hard plastic strollers from Disney theme parks can be both costly and uncomfortable for your kids. Well, I'm here to tell you about the solution to your child transport problems, and that's Kingdom Strollers. Kingdom Strollers is a Disney-featured stroller and crib provider that does exactly what you're looking for at a great price. Not only is it less expensive than renting a stroller from the theme parks themselves, but these are padded luxury models with features like drink holders, canopies, storage baskets, and more. What's more, you keep this stroller with you for your entire trip, whereas park-rented strollers, you got to return them before you leave the park that day. This is going to make those late-night post-fireworks bus stop queues so much easier, and Dad's shoulders are going to thank you for it. So, how does it work? You just go to KingdomStrollers.com and make your selection on the stroller or crib that's right for your child. Just let the good folks over there know a great time for delivery and pickup and where you'll be staying. You can pick your stroller or crib up from the luggage stand at your resort and then drop them back off there at the end of your stay. So pack light, leave your stroller at home, and save up to a whopping 50% versus park price stroller rentals when you visit KingdomStrollers.com. My name is Dimitri Ravanis, and I'm the host of a brand new podcast called Chewing Clock. Now, you might remember me from my old show here on WDPN called The Extra Magic Hour. Well, now I've got a new podcast each and every weekday morning talking about my one true love, college football. That's right. Chew on that, wife. 
You don't have to be a hardcore fan of the sport to like the show. You don't even have to be a fan at all. Sure, sometimes we're talking about what's happening on the field, but other times I'll be arguing passionately that Nick Saban is a Gryffindor, not a Slytherin. So tune in each and every weekday morning. The show is never longer than 15 seconds, and you can always find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and at armchairallamericans.com. The name of the show is Chewing Clock with me, Dimitri Ravanis, and my co-host, Tyler McComas. Join us every weekday morning. Hi there, this is Monica Pinto from the Mouse in Our House podcast, inviting you to join me here every other Friday for all things Disney from my perspective. Let's face it, with our fast-paced lives in a crazy world, always running from one place to another, from hectic workdays to family responsibilities, from household chores to those never-ending errands, it sometimes seems impossible to survive until your next Disney trip. How to turn that around? Easy, by keeping a little bit of that Disney magic in our everyday lives. So go ahead, sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee and a little something sweet, and let's chat Disney. Join me here on the White Dragon Podcast Network every other Friday where we'll celebrate all the magic, all the fun, all the memories, and even some stuff that's not so magical. But don't worry, a little bit of pixie dust should take care of that. So until then, I hope you remember to keep the mouse in your house. Hello, I'm Storybook Julius, the White Dragon Podcast Network's resident Canadian and the host of Storybook Radio, a Walt Disney World and Universal Studios podcast appearing every Wednesday here on WDPN. Walt Disney was a storyteller, and well, so am I. Now, I'm not saying that I'm as cool as Walt Disney or anything, but I'm saying that if you're looking for a unique take on the Walt Disney World and Universal Studios theme parks, with immersive looks at their stories, backstories, and histories, you've come to the right place. Head on over to iTunes, Stitcher, or Podomatic to subscribe to and download the Storybook Radio podcast each and every Wednesday. You can also check out www.storybookradio.com for more details and more content. Folks, one of the things we love the most about Walt Disney World are live performances. Real people, honest-to-goodness performers out there singing, dancing, acting, entertaining. Uh, And Walt Disney World and Disneyland both have a plethora of these performances. And a lot of them go overlooked. And that's why we wanted this week, I figured I'd bring in one of the best performers I know in Becky Actrez Adams. And talk to her a little bit about... The, uh, the live performances that we can see on both coasts in Disneyland and Walt Disney World. So that's this week for our e-ticket attraction of the week. Becky and I are talking about the live, perf- the live performance attraction guide to Walt Disney World and Disneyland. So, Becky, you are a West Coaster originally. Or not a, originally East Coaster, then relocated to the West Coast, now back on the East Coast. Yes. There you go. So, but Disneyland is your is your park. We've had you on the show before to talk about Disneyland, and we've had really great episodes about that. But I want you to kind of guide me through some of the live entertainment offerings at Disneyland, and then I'll talk about more of the Walt Disney World stuff. Sounds good. So, oh, okay. I one of the things that I did love the most about Disneyland is some of their live shows. Um, I'm going to start with one of my favorites. And it's something small, but it was the Royal Theater Shows back, uh, I guess is their late 2000s-ish. Uh, I don't think they do them anymore. But there were two shows. One of them was Tangled, which is my favorite Disney 
movie oh, of all time. Uh, so number one, that was fantastic because Rapunzel was on stage and the other one was Beauty and the Beast. And what these shows were, were a ba- basically a retelling acting out of the actual movie with these two very, very, very funny comedians who would kind of slapstick their way through telling this story mm-hmm. along with either Belle or um, Rapunzel. And it is hilarious because each one of the, the gentlemen played all of the different parts aside from the lead. So they'd play Mother Gothel, they'd play Flynn Rider, they'd play Maximus, and it is just, it's hysterical. I would leave in stitches every time. And it was improv, so a lot of it was kind of, you know, coming up with it, you know, on the fly. Oh, so it wasn't, um, it wasn't the same, like, <clears throat> every single, every single time it was a lot of, uh. Yes. Okay. Yeah, which is great because, you know, Disneyland is sort of known as a locals park. There are a lot more people who are local who go there than Disney World, which is much more of a, a destination park. Uh, yeah. So for for those of us who are local who basically went every week, it was nice to have a show that constantly changed. Um, and on that same note, oh, were you going to say something? Kat? Well, I was going to say Disneyland, I think you, you have such a, a wealth of great performers because you're right in the Los Angeles area which is where a lot of, you know, actors and actresses, performers are gathering. Uh, Absolutely. And everybody who moves to California wants to be in the, the business. Somehow. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's that, that's very true. And the, the performance levels in California I've seen are some of the best that I've seen around the world. I'm sure. That show that was at the Royal Theater is now a show called Mickey and the Magical Map, which is equally impressive. Uh, there's a lot of video things happening on the stage and some really cool effects. I don't it, it doesn't have the same uh, sort of hearty show feel. It's much more of a production. Um, and I make some interesting choices as to the characters in it as well. I think that they have Mulan in it and Pocahontas in it. Uh, I believe uh, Tangled is also part of it. Uh, but some very different choices than you would normally see in the Disney shows right? for characters. Uh, but speaking of the whole always a different show, I think one of my favorite ones that I've, I've ever seen, it's no longer in existence, but it's the Aladdin show oh. over at uh, California Adventure. I've heard the, the reason, legend of this. As an Aladdin uh, lover, I've heard such great things, but it got replaced it, by uh, Frozen, I think, right? Yes, and, and Frozen I have not had a chance to see live, but I've seen it online, and the, the, the big thing about Frozen is the technology. The right. actual technology they use in the show is stunning. It's amazing. Um, the costume change, the quick costume changes and whatnot, it's amazing. Uh, but the Aladdin show, the, the amazing, the fun thing about that was that the, the gentleman who played the genie literally every night was a different comedy night. He would have a whole monologue where every single time he was up there, it was something different. Oh, that's um, awesome. One of the times I went to see it, he was talking about you can't bring them back from the dead except new kids on the block. <laughs> you know, things like that. Like, it was so funny. And he would just bring something out different every time. Um, and there there are many times where, and it's obviously as a performer, you don't want this to happen, but there were so many times where he was so funny that you see, like, the shoulders of the performers going up and down because they were laughing. They were mm-hmm. trying really hard not to, but he was just so hilarious. Um, and so I, I do miss that. I, I miss that specific show. But, again, the the uh, the, the – sorry, not Tangled, Frozen. The Frozen show, the technology behind that show 
is unbelievable. Yeah. They make a snowman right on the stage. You know, oh, it's, cool. it's so cool. If you have an opportunity and you know you're not going to get to Disneyland anytime soon, all of these shows are also up on YouTube. And so you can go and at least watch it to, to see the magic behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know that you're not going to get out to Disneyland, but if you have the opportunity, I would say definitely check that one out. That's great. Yeah. So those are, I think those are the main ones. There's, there's a few, there are a few shows that just sort of happen. Um, we have out in California, we had the red line trolley and there was a show that the trolley would pull around and they had a bunch of newsboys pop out and Mickey, who was kind of in a newsboys costume and at one point they actually sang seize the day from newsies which as a newsies fan oh nice i freaked out because i was like oh my gosh yay (laughs) um but there's a a song that he sings called suitcase in a dream um which is so cute and adorable and that's a really really fun show uh at one point that was a high school musical show that would kind of pull around and, and stop in the middle of of the, the main section of California adventure. I don't know right. what that's called anymore. It's where the sundial used to be or the sun used to be. Um, but yeah, there are some little shows that just sort of happen here and there. But I think that the two big ones to really focus on would be the, what's happening down at Royal theater in magic kingdom and the, whatever is at the Hyperion um, in, in uh, California adventure. Right. Right. Uh, I've heard tale of the, uh, the phantasmic, uh, over mm. in Disneyland, and uh, all the Disney, all my friends that are Disneyland people always say to me that um, you know, oh, Walt Disney World's Fantasmic doesn't even hold a candle to Disneyland's. Not even close. Not even close. It's much bigger. Um, it's it's outside, but in a larger space. Uh, we don't have the whole uh, John Smith oh. team. I believe it's. I want to say it's Peter Pan. I believe I have heard that it is Peter Pan, which sounds a yeah. lot more timeless than Pocahontas. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's, it's nice, and uh, you know there's so much that are the same. There's so many portions that are the same, but uh, there's there's something more to the one in California. I feel. Hmm. All right, I get that. That is uh, th- is that everything you got for uh for Disneyland's best best of the best for live uh performances. I think so. Okay. So we'll move over to the East Coast now. I have, I'm not just, I'm, I, I, since this is mostly a Walt Disney World show, I decided to, um, you know, pull every live performance in Walt Disney World. And some of them will just mention that they exist. Others will touch on in greater length. But I've separated them into uh, resorts, Disney Springs, Hollywood Studios, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, and Magic Kingdom. So, and that's kind of the order that I want to go in because we'll start at the resorts. Now, have you ever done the spirit of Aloha dinner show at the Polynesian Village Resort? No. Food, live performances, um, fire spinners, dancing, music. I mean, my family did it. I didn't do it. I wasn't feeling great that night, so I, I went off on my own. But the um, I, I've heard wonderful things. It's always got a nice big line. Um, so definitely something I've heard is really good. The, uh, at the Grand Floridian, you have two live performances going on. You have the Grand Floridian Lobby Pianist. Um, mm. The piano player there is really, really great. It really helps set the mood. They also have the Grand Floridian uh, Society Orchestra, which is a multiple-piece orchestra that plays there in the lobby. And when, Have you ever been in there when they're playing? No, I haven't. I've been oh. there when the pianos, uh, pianist is playing, but not it, the orchestra. Is it's stunning when the orchestra plays. When when I my dad was here in early December on business, and we we went to Magic Kingdom, and then we went to the, all the different resorts. 
we went in to see the gingerbread house and they were playing uh christmas music from the or- mm. with the orchestra and it was just magical it was so so good it uh, makes so much sense to have an orchestra in Grand Flutery, and that's oh, so yeah. for Shishi. Well, you yeah, know? <laughs> in, in that lobby especially. Like, that, I always feel like I'm going to break something in that lobby. The, yeah. Uh, it's like the one place in Disney where like, I see kids running around. I'm like, children should not be in here. <laughs> I know. Don't touch the China kids. Exactly. <laughs> Knock over the antique horse. Um, the Hoop-dee-doo musical review over at, the, uh, over at Disney's uh, Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. Have you ever, have you ever had the pleasure of doing this? I've done the one out in California, which is down in uh, Fantasyland. Yeah, so or Adventureland. Hoopty Doo is such it's a long running, wonderful performance. It's it's very improv, uh, music, dance, and hoot and holler, and of course, all you can eat ribs, which is you know. But as Pete Pete, if Pete were here, he would be saying, make sure you don't you're not paying with your dining plan for this. One, it's two credits, and two, dining plan people get put on the upper levels. Uh, if you are paying out of pocket, you get put in the lower level. So that is that's what Pete likes a lot, um, and I agree with him because that's like where you're more in into the action, which is really funny. <clears throat> when we went to see the Hoopy Doo review, my family and I in 2003, I was 18, so I was kind of too cool for school, and um, my dad was super excited about the Hoopy Doo review, and I was like, "Ugh, I can't believe we have to go do this!" And so like they dragged me out of Magic Kingdom to go do the Hoops Doo, and I was like. You know, I had a, a grimace on my face. I was just being a general pain in the butt, angsty teen, as I was known to be in those days. And um, my dad was so super excited. So I was like, all right, let's humor this and see what it is. We left. I loved it. He hated it. <laughs> like, I left singing the songs. and He left just like, oh, that was terrible. He he thought it was terrible because so my, my dad doesn't like to be in, like, he likes to watch performances. He doesn't like when people try to, like, Pull, like put a guitar in his hand he'll he'll perform and he'll be wonderful uh but like try to pull him up on stage and it's like like don't ever do that and <laughs> they tried to pull him up on stage and i think that ruined the entire experience for him. <laughs> uh that's great like it what's funny was like there was rejection for me in that one too because i remember they, they went to they tried to pull him up and he said no and he pointed at me and they were just like no thanks so <laughs> They didn't say that, but they didn't take me. (laughs) Um, Port Orleans French Quarter has got live music. They've got like the live, um, you know, um, the Marriott, the the, not Mariachi, the um, like the New Orleans Mardi Gras band. Um, You know, like the Family Guy sketch with "We're all just blocking the street." We're all just blocking the street, which is my favorite Family Guy. One of my favorite Family Guy cutaways. They also over at Riverside have Yeehaw Bob Jackson over at the River Roost Lounge. Uh, and if you've never seen Yeehaw Bob live, it's so good. He is, you know, he's been doing this performance now for so, so many years. Uh, he's actually on the list of people that um, I want to have on the show soon. He's he's agreed to do it. I just have to actually, like, schedule it and reach out to him. The um, But Yeehaw Bob, he plays the stand-up piano and it, like, rocks and stuff like that. He's just He's got a really great show. I don't want to spoil it too much. Just go to the River Roost Lounge. I think he performs, I, I don't know. Uh, for the life of me right now, I'm blank, and I can't remember if it's Friday or Saturday nights. I want to say it's Saturday nights. Uh, so if you're around that area, go catch Yeehaw Bob. It's, it's a really, really great time. And also they have live music at the ESPN Club over at the Boardwalk Resort. And there's also performers on the Boardwalk, like, you know, people juggling or miming, things like that. Over at Disney Springs, you have a number of different places where you can catch performances. I'm going to list off some of them. House of Blues has concerts periodically. Usually they're free concerts. And House of Blues is also a great place to eat. I just had dinner there recently, and it's wonderful. 
um, the marketplace stage, which is right outside World of Disney. They also do a lot of like visiting um, like school groups and stuff like that there, but they do have like full bands that play there at, at in the evening. Uh, Paradiso Thirty Seven always has musical entertainment. Raglan Road has um, you know Irish music and step dancing. Have you ever eaten at Raglan Road? You've eaten there before. Yeah, right? we've yeah. eaten there twice actually, and we love that. Did you did it's you catch really the step dancing night. performances and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's really, really a fun night. Raglan Road has performances both inside the restaurant and outside. So even if you're not like going there, you can like walk by the little courtyard area and catch the music, which is really cool. Uh, Splitsville, the bowling alley, actually has live musical entertainment, but that's only outside. Uh, I recently ate there with some friends. We were sitting there having sushi, but we were a little too like if you're gonna do it, try to sit like further away. And we were like right next to the band, and it was like super, super loud. Um, the Sunshine Highline, which is right outside Characters in Flight, it's this little covered area. They always have um, musical acts there as well. They have musical acts over by World of Coke. Um, there's there, and some of them are just like out randomly, like on the street. And of course, there's the roaming piano, which is my favorite. Mm. It's literally just a piano that travels around on wheels in the play. The it's piano. really fun. Oh, it's super we fun. came. We came out of Raglan Road this past time we were there, and the traveling piano was going by with the lights and everything. Have you ever tried to, like, find the person controlling the piano? <laughs> no, I know better than that. No, I did. <laughs> I, I, I looked for them, and I actually I found them, and I, like, made eye contact with the guy. He, he like, winked at me. Like, <laughs> um, so the, the Edison also has live entertainment, which is really cool. Uh, I've yet to go to the Edison, but I've heard the live entertainment there is stellar. Uh, the Springs Overlook, which is over by Paddlefish, usually has bands over there playing. A lot of times they also have uh, there's an electric string uh, strings group that plays over there, which is really cool. Um, just uh, there's great acapella group. There's this there's this one guy with an acoustic guitar who lately he's been I mean he's played all over the place. He played by the food trucks for a while, which they still have things over there. Um, but lately he's been playing outside of um, uh, World of Coke. And Planet Hollywood, and he's wonderful. Uh, the and Stargazer's Lounge at Planet Hollywood always has musical acts, so plenty of places to catch live performances over in Disney Springs. Into the parks, Hollywood Studios. First up on the board, Beauty and the Beast live on stage. What are your thoughts mm-hmm. on this? I think that it was awesome in the '90s, and <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're a fan of Beauty and the Beast, absolutely. However. I, if you love Beauty and the Beast, I would actually recommend the Fantasyland uh, Storytime with Belle over oh, the full show. Mm-hmm. Tales. Okay. Why, why is yeah. that? I, I, it's, it's more one-on-one. Um, okay. The technology is amazing. It's more interactive. I, you know, I, I think that the show is what it is. It's just a retelling. It's, you know, it's, it's what it is. I just think that it needs an update. Well, you know what? It's been going that way for a long time. It opened it opened at the, on the same day as the movie hit theaters in Hollywood Studios, mm-hmm. and it's been running ever since. I saw it for the first time recently, and I was impressed with it because I thought it was going to be a bunch of people like lip syncing, and it, it's not. They're actually performing, no, which, which I yeah. yeah, I'm hugely a fan of that. So yeah, and I think I mean for what it is, and especially if you're a Beauty and the Beast fan, I think it's great. I just feel like there's some um, things that could be updated. I would agree with you on that. Um, yeah, I would. I think I would definitely agree with you on that. Like, Enchanted <laughs> Tales of Bell has those amazing animatronics of Madame Wardrobe and Lumiere, and you know, it. it in, in, at Beauty and the Beast live on stage, you still got people in giant Mrs. Potts costumes, and you know, 
the Citizens of Hollywood are another great live performance you can catch in Hollywood Studios. They're right there in Hollywood Boulevard. They do um, they do like performances for guests where like it's not like musical performances like they have on Main Street USA, but they're like, interacting with people. They're doing like trivia games and stuff like that. Have you ever like stopped and watched the Streetmosphere over at Hollywood yeah. Studios? I've always died to be part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those people who like stands in the front of these with like a huge smile on my face, like pick me, pick me. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those things that has been on the chopping block for a while. It seems like people are always constantly rumoring that Streetmosphere is going away in um in magic kingdom and hollywood studios and i hope that never really happens uh you know they they gotten rid of a few of the the main street people which we'll talk about uh when we get there but uh the disney junior dance party is also a thing that happens in hollywood studios i'm not going to go into the dance parties too excessively i just feel like you know the djs at these dance parties do have to have a level of showmanship and a level of performance and i think that's worth pointing out that's you know yes. <laughs> uh, of course hollywood studios does have fan our version of phantasmic which is you know Say what you will about it. It is still an impressive show. I like it. Um, I will also point out, if you sit in the first few rows, you might get wet, depending on the way mm-hmm. the, the wind is blowing. Um, I sat in the front row one night, and the wind was blowing right in our faces, and the water screens doused me. So, <laughs> uh, For the first time in forever, a frozen sing-along celebration. Kind of similar to what you were talking about in Disneyland, where it's like two comedy performers are up there, and they are uh, taking you through the story of Frozen, but then they're joined by... Anna, Elsa, Olaf, and Kristoff throughout the, the course mm. of it. Uh, which is really funny. Like, I won't spoil the jokes, but there's a lot of really funny running gags. There's a really funny running gag with Hans. Um, so, have you ever have you ever seen that one? That one I haven't. We're, we're a frostbitten family. We don't really... <laughs> we can't, we, we, we've been frostbitten by Frozen a little bit too much. No, so. I, get, I get you. I get you. But I will say, in Kingdom Hearts 3, it's one of the best worlds in the whole game. Oh, really? It's gorgeous. Mm. And they... <laughs> I'm not going to spoil anything for it, but they they go there. That's what I'm going to. That's mm-hmm. all I'll say about it. When you, if you've played it, you're nodding along with me right now, and you're like, "Yeah, they did." But uh, you know, I'll just say they go there. Um, Jedi training, trials of the temple. One of my favorite live performances on property. Uh, you know, you've got the Jedi master and an apprentice have to be very have to have a great stage presence and really kind of be larger than life and communicate that style. I've seen good, really good ones, and I've seen really bad ones. So mm-hmm. there was one guy one time who who just did not look like a Jedi Master, like at yeah. all. He I was just like I was like, what did the guy call him sick and they pulled the manager from one of the retail <laughs> stores in here? Like, it, but like a lot of times they have like they have the long hair and the beards and like or you know like yeah. for the women they look very regal and poised. Um, so and I like that those are gender swapped roles. Like sometimes Nedris is male or female. Sometimes the Master is male or female. So I, I'm a big fan of that. March of the First Order. Not really a huge performance. They're marching, but still, it is live performers, which is something that, you know. And it's cool. Yeah, It's it cool is. to see. Like, you hear the music, and it's an automatic, like, oh, where are they? Yep. You know, like, it's it's cool to see. And it's it's impressive. Like, it's impressive yeah. to watch the Stormtroopers all walk, uh, marching in unison. And it's one of the few times you get to see Phasma, which is something yeah. I treasure. Um, <clears throat> you know what? I didn't write it down, because I completely forgot about it, but they have that, that uh, Star Wars stage show right there in the center, which... Meh. It's meh, but it does have live performers, so it's worth pointing out. Uh, like, it's cool if you want to see specific characters. I yeah. Think. Like, they have Ray, they have... Boba Fett walks Red. out, yeah. Yeah. Um, Voyage of the Little Mermaid. I know Pete hates it, but I've really come to love this show. Because there's so much performance that goes into it. You have live performers, you have puppeteering. I mean, you know me with puppeteering. I, I know you're the same way. Like, it's, it's... I think this show is still... I think it still holds up, even though Pete disagrees. 
I'm going to be right in the middle on that one. I think it's another one that in the 90s, I saw it in the 90s for the first time and I was blown away. Mm-hmm. I thought that the the way that they did the the bubbles and the the um lasers and everything else were super super cool. I yeah. think that now the technology could be updated. Um, to make that even more stunning because I mean, you, you have things and I know we'll get to it, but you have things like the Finding Nemo, Mm -hmm. you have, you have other puppet shows. And I mean, even like Lion King to some extent, uh, you have other shows that I feel are just more advanced and being Little Mermaid being as popular as it is, especially, you know, with the generation that's got kids now, um, I feel like it could be updated. I would agree with you that updates that it could be updated. I just I still the one thing that I think really needs to go and that they have to find a better er- vehicle for Ursula. Um, yeah. That Ursula is the stuff of nightmares. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> now the last live performance that I've seen in Hollywood Studios um, that I would that I want to point out is the Green Army Men on Patrol and the Drum Corps. So the Drum Corps comes out there. They they come out playing the drums. It's really really neat. And of course, the army men are always out there interacting. I, I kind of count that more of a street sphere than a character meet and greet because they're not stopping for pictures; they're just kind of interacting with you. Yeah, absolutely. Have you have you interacted with the the new army men that are face characters? I've seen them. I've seen them interacting. I haven't personally, but I've seen it. It's cute. Yeah. All right, let's take a ride over to Animal Kingdom. And no, the animals do not count as live performers, even though I love them <laughs> and they're my favorites. Uh, there. First, first up, you have. Um, Burudica, which is an Afro-pop band in the Harambe Village. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've likely seen them as you walk by. They're really great. I love the instruments that they play. Like They play a lot of uh, very unique African instruments. Really, really cool. They, they get everybody involved in dancing. It's, it's tremendous. Uh, I love it. And So this one, I think, is probably topping everyone's list. It's probably the most impressive stage show on Disney property, and that's Festival of the Lion King. Uh, mm. You don't think it's well, we're gonna we're gonna disagree on that one. Oh yeah. wow, I especially, love Festival of the Lion King, especially when you're talking about Animal Kingdom. Yes, I I do love Festival of the Lion King. It is very impressive. It's fun. It's very interactive. They get the whole audience involved. They split them up into the different portions, mm-hmm. and you're either a lion or a, lions, know. warthogs, elephants, and giraffes. Yes, yeah, and it's great because it is very impressive. It's fun. I wouldn't say it's the best thing on property, though. You know what? I think we're going to go to one that you probably think is next, which is Finding Nemo the Musical. Yes. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I would agree with you. It's one of the best on property. It's, it's, I, as somebody, it's one of the only like true musicals that like tell because yes. like Festival of Lion King <coughs> is more about like, hey, look at all these crazy stunts that we can do while we sing songs from the Lion King. Finding Nemo the Musical is a, is a telling of Finding Nemo the story. As a stage musical, a, a shortened it, stage musical, but still a stage musical. It's original music. It's puppetry. Mm-hmm. And it, in my mind, I think it, it stays up there with some of the, the Broadway style musicals that they have. I've always, you know? I've always said they should, they should expand it into a full Broadway musical because it's, it is that level of good. And that's the other thing. Like a lot of the, like Festival of the Lion King also, they're singing the songs from the Lion King. Finding Nemo the Musical wrote original music for it. Like, and it's amazing. I mean, you cannot leave that show without singing Go With The Flow yep. for the next, like, three days that you're there. Go With The Flow <laughs> and um, and Just Keep Swimming are always yes. kind of always in my head at any given point. Just uh, keep swimming. I Just love keep it. Swimming. What do we do? We swim. <laughs> la, 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 la. 
And I really like how they make use of flight flight technology during that number. Oh, yeah. When Dory's yeah, and doing the flips like, and... This last time that we were there, we were sitting... We always get the fast pass for this so we can sit really close. And we were sitting up towards the front right next to the stage that goes out to the audience. And at the very end, they kind of come out into that, that one little stage area and... Uh, I guess I had a huge grin on my face every time I see Dory because I love wow. that character performer. She's been there since day one. She's actually on the that character performer. And I think the Marlin as well. They both um, are on the album. Yeah, yeah. It's, we listen to constantly. And so she was kind of down there and she had the, the Dory character. And she came like right at me with the, the Dory puppet. And I was so excited. I mean, I'm, <laughs> you know, 39 years old. I, I'm a puppeteer. I'm a performer. I get it. But I just, it, it made me so happy um, for her to like point me out. You know, That's like, really cute. Hey, it's Dory. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, That's another thing is the show actually has a soundtrack. It has an album you can buy. Yeah. And it's so good. I'm pretty sure the album. I'm pretty sure it's on Spotify. Also, if it's on Spotify, it's on some of the the music things. But you can also buy it on iTunes or you know, yeah, things like that. Um, moving along, unfortunately for Vinny, but we're going. There's the Hakuna Matata dance party again. Dance party. Uh, there's uh in Pandora. You've got two live performances. First of all, you've got the Pandora Drummers, which I caught recently. It's it's a pretty impressive drum show. Uh, then you've also got the um. Pandora utility suit, which I famously thought was an actual mech suit, which I'm still really embarrassed about. Uh, it's it's a stilt performer. Yes, I know. Thank you. I really, Sorry. like, I really honestly wish I knew what episode I said that it's so I go edit it out because I'm so embarrassed that I thought that. Uh, I was like, uh, what? I said, I said to Pete, I'm like, what was I on? What was I drinking when I thought Disney invented a mech suit? Uh, it's Disney. You never know. That's the thing. I just, I guess I just have such a high opinion of them. Um, one of, now, I don't count, like, like the Star Wars fireworks or Happily Ever After or Illuminations because there are no live performers in them, but Rivers of Light does have live performers, and that is, you know, uh, Rivers of Light, have you seen it? No. So, I kind of have to take the Peter Mandel approach on this one in that it wasn't bad. I don't think I'd ever do it again. Like, some, mm -hmm. one of my friends when we were leaving, they're like, hey, would you ever do that again? And I was like, I think the only time I ever would do it again is if somebody was like, hey, I've never seen Rivers of Light. Yeah, and I'd be like, all yeah. right, let's go see it. Like, but I'm never gonna be like, oh, gotta go, gotta go see Rivers of Light tonight. Like, it, it just doesn't. I don't know. Um, there's also the Tam Tam Drummers of Harambe. Now, and I was th this next one. I was I was loath to put it on the list, but it it has live performers. So, up, <laughs> up a great bird adventure. I knew that's coming. I knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Divine, I think, always deserves recognition. Have you, ever, have you ever seen Divine? No. She's a stilt performer, so she she walks actually on four stilts. She has stilts on her on her feet and her hands, and she's completely covered in vines. And the stilts are all covered in vines, and she kind of blends in to the foliage right around the front of the park, like where you en where you enter. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, really yeah. I've seen her a bunch of times, and it's always really really interesting to see. I have a ton of uh, a ton of. I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Respect. There we go. Um, for stilt performers, I was on stilts in one costume, and I will never, ever do it again because it's terrifying. So <laughs> That was when I, you were Chernabog, right? Yeah, yeah. And I have so much, so much respect for those who can do it and, and be so confident up there. Uh, it's terrifying. Like, like, she, like, brings her one leg up into, like, behind her up into the air to, like, pose with the, wow. with the foliage, and it gets very impressive. 
Uh, there's and then finally there's also <clears throat> the Viva Gaia Street Band, which does a Caribbean mm. street party over there in um, in Animal Kingdom. So nice. yeah, um, moving along to Epcot, uh, one of my favorite bands on property, uh, live bands is British Revolution. Oh yeah, you got to. Oh, I love them. They play in the. So a lot of people don't even realize the stage is there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if you so if you're going if you're walking from Canada. Because that's the way you should you should go around all showcases. You start in Canada, you end in Mexico. Mm. Um, no, that's that's the way you do it, Becky. That's the way you do it. Um, yeah. You uh, as as you walk in, it's uh, there's like a side street off to your right, and if you're coming from France, it's off to your left. And you go back there. There's like this nice little courtyard area where there is a gazebo where British Revolution plays, and British Revolution pay, plays all British rocks. So you got the Beatles. You've got a whole bunch of different like you know British rock bands that they're paying tribute to, and I I love it. I love sitting there and listening to it. It's one yeah, of the, no, they're fantastic. It's one of the few bands that I'm like, oh hey, the band's playing. Let's like stop and watch. Yeah. Uh, you've also and we touched on this during the news, but you've got the concert series, uh, which is always a fun time, and and not just you know the there's it's a beat, there's flower power. There's uh, right now they're doing a Broadway series uh, for the Festival of the Arts, which is can't miss. Uh, no way. Yeah, it's a whole Broadway series where they do all Disney Broadway, all all Disney Broadway songs with actual Broadway actors. That's kind of amazing. Balls. I wish I was down there. Yeah, I wish you were down here too. Come down here. Um, the um, so yeah, they got the concert series, and pretty much every festival has a concert series. During the summer, they also have the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy awesome mix. Which is Meh. oh, I loved it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's too dance party for me. I I just it's live singing though. That's my thing. And I know it's really yeah. good live singing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I did. You know, my favorite uh, concert experience that I did there, which was actually you and your husband Zach uh, recommended to me, was Postmodern Jukebox. Oh. In a heartbeat, that is by far the best. They have them every year during Food and Wine, and oh, they're can't miss. Yeah, so so good. If you don't know what postmodern jukebox is, it's basically a group that um, they take modern modern songs and they make them old school. So you will see something like they most recently, I think that they put out um, the Thank You What's Next Mm -hmm. uh, by Ariana Grande, and they did like a like a forties kind of style version of it. they they do that's what they do. They take current songs and they make them um, old old school. Yeah, old timey like swing like jazz. Yeah. It's oh, it's so good. Uh, they you can find Spotify playlists on them. There's I highly recommend it. And with Postmodern Jukebox, I didn't realize like they play a different set for each concert of the day. Yeah. They do, and they have different performers as well. Yeah, and it's the yeah. same when they tour. When they tour around, it's the same thing. You always get a new experience. Mm-hmm. Um, also in Epcot, they have the Jammers. Have you ever seen the Jammers? Yes, they're cute. Yeah, they're, they're dressed like Jammers. They do like like percussion sets on trash cans. Yep. Uh, in over in China, you've got the Jewel Dragon Acrobats, which are so cool, flipping around yeah. in the air and whatnot. Um, mariachi Cobre over in Mexico, the Mexico Pavilion. They're a really great mariachi band. You can usually catch them uh, over by Three Caballeros Donald, like where you meet him outside the pyramid. Yep. Uh, he, he's, they're usually right across the street from him. Though uh, recently, I saw them over with Donald. Like he was oh, out, cute. He, he was out there, and he like called the band over, and the band like sang with him. Nice. Yeah. Um. Then there's Mat- Matsuriza, which are our taiko drummers over in Japan. It's a troop of female drummers 
who do these yes. um, right at the pagoda there, the big tower in the Japan. Pavilion. They're fun to watch too. Super like, fun that's to watch. Hard work. <laughs> that's one of those things where like you can hear that going on from several pavilions away. Yeah. And it kind of draws you into the Japan Pavilion. Yeah, absolutely. Which and I mean Japan is my second favorite pavilion. Um, did did Zach tell you about Teppanetto when we ate there? When he yeah. Was, oh, it was so good. I'm curious about that now. Yeah, yeah. We ate at the hibachi. Uh, her husband and I ate at the Teppanetto with the hibachi place there. It was so, so good. I mean, like, bring me a gallon of that yum-yum sauce to just bang oh, Dude, yum-yum sauce, don't get me started. That is, like, I think one of my favorite things on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, oh, uh, the Vikings in Norway. This goes overlooked by a lot of people. It's like a nice streetmosphere thing. They have, a, they have two Vikings that... Uh, you know, uh, come out and interact with people, and they're, huh. they're pretty fun. I, I've... You know what? The, the Norway Pavilion has been surprising me a lot lately. Um, we we always start on Mexico side, and I'll tell you why. Because we need to go to Norway. Because growing up, Norway, Norway and Germany were the two pavilions that my parents loved the most. Uh-huh. And so my childhood, you know, when I go to Epcot, that's what I, I always go to. You know, Maelstrom was one of my favorite things ever, and I was really, really hurt when they got rid of that but i will say the frozen ride is incredible it's so amazing and so i'm glad you said that because a lot of people give that ride a lot of hate see i think that the technology in it is astounding that's what i've always said the the animatronics in the backgrounds are tremendous i think it's people who like said frostbite yeah, I mean, you know, it's you, you can't get away from Frozen. It is what it is. And if I'm going to, you know, su- subject myself to let it go, I want it to at least be uh, a memorable, fun experience. And the queue for that alone is really, really cool. You know, like I just I love feeling like I'm in Arendelle. And yeah. it, it's neat. But, but aside from that, last time we were down there, we actually did you know there's a museum there? Yes, the um, right now they currently have a Gods of the Vikings um, exhibit yeah. in there, and it's super cool. Like I've spent a Dude. lot of time in there just reading about all the different, like the World Serpent. I went in there right after yeah. I played God of War. Me too. I was just going to yeah. say that. I was just going to do that. So last time I went down, I walked in and I'm like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is everything I just learned from Kratos. Like, exactly. It was super neat. I, I, I like you read about Freya and Odin. And, um, you know, Thor and and Loki. They have carvings, like, in the middle of all of the different gods. They have Loki and and, uh, Freya and, um, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Anyway, that's not a live performance, but that is there. And so it's interesting to me that, you know, I've been going to Epcot for my entire life because the first time I was there was 83, so it had just opened. And I'm still finding amazing things in all of these different pavilions. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I do really, and when Pete comes back, the first thing that we're going to be doing is going to be um, <clears throat> a look at the Norway Pavilion because we're we're going to be continuing our world tour, um, you know, which we started like months ago and never went back to. Um, let's see where were we? Uh, there's also Sergio, the mime and juggler in Italy. He's pretty cool mm-hmm. if, you, if you ever had a chance to see him. Then there's um, Servior Amusant, which is the guy in the France Pavilion who's dressed up like a waiter. Um, with the chef, and he does like the big tower of chairs, and he like goes oh, yeah. upside down on them. <laughs> my dad, when we were there in in uh, '03, <clears throat> my dad called my dad, and he, obviously he didn't know this existed. So like, it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard him say. We walk in there and we see him like upside down in the chair, and he goes, "What is this, Pierre on a chair?" <laughs> and I lost it. I still think it's hysterical. 
Uh, which just, but, but, by the way, just shows you how long uh, Servier Musant has been going on. Hmm. So um, we didn't know he, we didn't know it existed either, and we happened upon it this last time we were there. Oh, it's just, it's great. It, it's super yeah, impressive because really they keep throwing him chairs, and he's making this huge stack, and then he goes upside down, and on, you know, on the top of it. The yeah. um, uh, the Canada Mill stage always has great bands. Uh, not only bands, but they've also had the um. <clears throat> The uh, the lumberjack show, which I really really liked, they had log rolling. They, it was super super cool. I wish they still had the lumberjack show, but uh, Alberta Bound has been a band that's played there a bunch. I I can't really like pinpoint the bands there. They swap them out a lot. It's not like a steady thing. So every time I'm over there, I'm like, oh, this is a new band. Uh, but obviously, I think the most famous um, band that ever played there was Off Kilter. <clears throat> Everybody loves Off Kilter. They talk about Off Kilter all yeah. the time. I, I listened to Off Kilter on my Spotify playlist a lot because I never really got to see them while they were in Disney, but I wish I had because it's a really, truly amazing band. Um, it's like, I guess Celtic rock is kind of what it is. Nice. <laughs> uh, the, the Rose and Crown Pub sometimes has a musician as well, but the, the big one I think that you're going to want to talk about in Epcot is the Voices of Liberty. Yeah, I was wondering if you were going to hit that because you're skipping all around. The, yeah, I, know. I was like, wait a minute, don't miss my voices. No, uh, Voices of Liberty by far. There are so many YouTube videos out of this group um, in a recording studio doing different things. And the, uh, Peter Pan's Flight is one that they, they sing. The songs from Peter Pan, they're oh, amazing. Nice. Yeah, and the last time we were there, we happened to see them live. I don't think I'd ever actually seen them live. I had only ever seen them on YouTube, and I just, I love – I'm a huge acapella fan, so um, I've always adored the voices. It, it just reminds me of classic Disney because they don't do those kind of songs in Disney movies anymore. It's all pop and rock and things that are, are more yep. today sort of thing, but that really, like – sweeping you know high 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 sopranos and all of the harmonies and everything that they used to do in all of the old disney movies they don't do that anymore and that's what voices of liberty is and so we we happened upon it and they had a special guest singer who is actually singing um you lift me up from josh groban oh wonderful and it was just like i was i was I, i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. i have it on a video because i was just in awe of how beautiful it is. And they do it right in the middle when you first walk into American Adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's just the, the acoustics in there because it's this big, tall ceilings and whatnot. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. And you have to check it out if you're there. Yeah. They, um, I always, I always get brought to tears whenever they sing. Um, You'll never walk alone. In Carousel. Oh, I can't. Oh, they do that one. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I can't. I that was can't. one of my grandma. That was one of my grandma's favorite songs. And it was my mom's favorite song. Yeah, so it always it always brings me to tears. And apparently, yeah. when my, my aunt and my my aunt, my uncle, my cousins uh, brought my grandma to Disney like one last time, and they went to Voices of Liberty, and she got to hear them sing it, and I'm really really happy that she oh. got that experience because they're they're they are a can't miss act. I mean, and they really are. On the Fourth of July, they actually bring them out to the main stage there in the American Garden Theater. Mm -hmm. And they perform on stage, but I think I, I like them performing on the stage. But I, you can't beat them singing in the lobby of the American Adventure because of the acoustics of that of that space. Just, it just like soars. Yes. I mean, especially those high. I'm a. I used to be a soprano back in the day, and so there's so much respect for those high, high notes that you just again you don't hear that anymore. And it's just, uh, it's just the the talent is extraordinary. Yeah. Hundred hundred percent. So moving on to Magic Kingdom, 
uh, obviously, you know, there's also that stage right there in the middle of Future World where they have performances, but those are swapped out periodically. But that is another place that you could see live performances. Um, and you know what? And I'm going to call this a live performance because technically it is. Sometimes they roll them up at Mobile Labs out still. Oh, yeah. They just rolled it out recently, a couple months ago, it was out there. Um, I've still never seen it, but that is a live performer improv. So, uh, <clears throat> Magic Kingdom. The Casey's Corner Piano Player, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. So simple, but so awesome. It's usually the same guy. I really love that guy. The That piano is actually the, um, uh, the, the, what do you call it? The inside of the piano, the hammers or the things that actually make the noise, striking the strings. Yeah. Uh, they're treated in like a liquid uh, plastic so that they can bounce more easily off the strings to create that. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that way it creates that more like honky-tonk kind of feel, which is what they're going for. Yeah. Also, while you're right there on Main Street, you got the Citizens of Main Street, which obviously we've lost some over the years, Scoop Sanderson. Um, But, you know, people like the mayor, people like the fire chief. uh, And again... Yeah, I saw him last time. Yep, always on the rumor that they're going to be going, that that, they're going to do away with them. Um, they used to be a huge part of the opening ceremony for the Magic Kingdom, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but obviously no longer because it's more of a Fantasyland thing than a Main Street thing anymore. Uh, but if you're talking about Main Street, you've got to be talking about the Dapper Dance. Oh, of course. I mean... Or the Cadaver Dance, or the ca- or, yes, you're there. Or the Cadaver Dance. I, 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 yeah. uh, and Mickey's not so scary. They they come out as zombies and they're the Cadaver Dance. The um, I love the Dapper Dance so much. I love when they, they have their little bells that they play. Um, the tap shoes. The, the tap shoes. The they uh, they also do the um, they sing God Bless America during the flag retrieval ceremony every day. They or the God Bless America is the national anthem. It's been a while since I've seen it. It's one of they sing during the flag retrieval ceremony. Uh, also, <clears throat> and I, I always think of this when I think of Main Street is the Festival of Fantasy Parade, which we touched uh-huh. on earlier. Probably one of my favorite. Probably my favorite parade in the last many years. Um, I mean, obviously, it's like the only parade that goes on now. But the um, I really do love that parade. It, I love everything from the music to the floats to the performers, the dancing, the Maleficent dragon. It's so cool. I love the tangled float. The tangled float is cool. I really like the brave. <laughs> I really like the brave float. It's a giant bagpipe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the tangled one is cool. I like how they're like the the swinging pendulums inside. And it's the it's really the only time you can see the thugs. Yeah. You know the you know the um and and Flynn Rider too. Yeah, you can see the the, the snuggly duckling uh, people. Yeah. Uh, but you can also see them in Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, the you know, and also uh, during special events, you've got things like the Hocus Pocus villain spectacular, yes. which is one of the single greatest live performances you can ever catch in Disney World. Uh, and then you've got the, uh, there's a, there's a show during the Christmas season too. It's not as live. It's not really a live performance though. It's a lot of, I mean, it is live performance. They're out there, they're dancing around, but it's all dubbed. Um, but you've also got, um, the opening show where the Magic Kingdom opens. So it used to be done at, um, the Main Street train station. Everybody would kind of have to squeeze into the location between the turnstiles or the touch points and the entrance of the park, the train station. <clears throat> now, I mean, I like the ability to move around more. I like not being crushed together with people. I do miss that show, however. Yeah, my my husband jokes because I had never seen it, and he took me to see it two trips ago. Uh-huh. And he jokes that every time I, he takes me to see something that I'd never seen before, it goes away. Because it, it happened with the Osborne 
uh, ah, lights. Yeah. And then it happened with that show closing the right after I went to see it. So he's always a little bit scared to take me to anything that I hadn't seen before because Don't, it might go away. Well, you need to stay away from Muppet Vision 3D then. Oh, I've seen it so many times. All right, good. So that I, we're okay with that, that one. That one's safe from, from, from the actress jinx. Yeah, no, no, no. We're good. We're good with that one. There are things that I've seen as a kid that you know don't come into that. It's anything that I haven't seen yet. So. Yeah. Um, so there's also, <laughs> excuse me, I'm losing my voice. There's also the Main Street Trolley Show, where they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're singing the clang, clang, clang with the trolley, and then they sing "Walking Right Down the Middle of Main Street, USA." Um, they sing a whole bunch of songs. It's a really great group. They're not actually singing. Obviously, it's it's all um, you know dubbed, but the dancing is 100 percent real and awesome, and I love it. The um, you've also got Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair, which again yeah. you get to see the Snuggly Duckling crowd, you get to see Louis the Alligator, uh, you get to see Naveen and Flynn and Anna and Elsa and Olaf. It's and it's a great, great, great show. Um, not as good as Dream Along with Mickey was, but you know, it, it, it originally it was supposed to have all of those like little um, changes for the seasons, but I think they've kind of abandoned that. Um, yeah, it's always the same thing that I've seen. We've also got Enchanted Tales of Belle, which we, we touched on earlier, so we don't really need to go yeah. through it very much again. Uh, you've also got the uh, Move It, Shake It, Mouse Dance at Street Party, which I haven't seen yet, but I've heard is very good. Uh, the Royal Majesty Makers, which are the Streetmosphere performers that uh, walk around Fantasyland. The Main Street Philharmonic Marching Band, which I always like to see. Yep. They also have like marching bands from schools and stuff will sometimes go down Main Street before the parades. Uh, yeah. Now, I've saved the best for last. The Muppets present great moments in history. <laughs> yes. Now, I know, I know, I know, it's dubbed It's dubbed singing and dubbed talking, but it's real puppeteers that are puppeteering, and J.J. is a live performer. So, it yeah. counts, gosh darn it. <laughs> and it's Muppets, and it's, it's, not, it's not fake, like if yeah. they're, like, they're full real puppet- on, like, they're, they're real... They're real Muppets, yeah. It's not like Here the first... Comes the Muppets. Like, it was... Right. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was just watching this today, by the way, the Here Comes the Muppets. The... Yeah. That's something we'll touch on at the very end. There's a list of things that don't exist anymore uh-huh. that used to be big, and that was one of them, and I was watching it on YouTube today, and oh, my gosh, it's probably one of the worst shows I think I have ever seen in the history of Disney. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I, I really regret is um, there was a they used to have a Kermit and Piggy meet and greet right outside of um... – <clears throat> Muppet Vision, like back where also where like the cars were, where Phineas and Ferb yeah. were for a while. <clears throat> now it's all closed off for Star Wars Land, but I remember in like 97, they were out there. My brother got a picture with them. My parents were like, oh, why don't you go up? And I was like, nah. Like one, because I felt like I was too cool for character pictures at the time, but two, like it's just weird to see the Muppets be six feet tall. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, you watch the Muppets, even as a kid, I remember, we went to see uh, Muppet Babies Live when it came, because yeah. we took my sister, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, no, they're not, like, normal size. They're small. Exactly. Like, wh- uh, they're puppet size. They're, like, yeah. they did the, when they did the Constantine meet and greet at the Villains uh, special event a couple years back, that was perfect. Yeah. Because he was a puppet. Yeah, he was a puppet in a sense. box. Yeah, uh, and that's what they should have for the Muppets. They should actually have the Muppets that they use from American, um, the the ones in, in great uh, moments in history. Yeah, great moments in history. That's what they should use for the meet and greet. So you're yeah. sitting next to them. That well, I would. The problem pay for. is you need you need puppeteers and people that can do the voice as well. So I, I kind of get it, 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 but it can happen. It can happen. There are tons of people. I mean, you can do Kermit's voice. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. there are tons of people out there that could do that. Yeah, no, and I'm sure there are plenty of performers in the Orlando area that could do it. But once yeah. again, it, it that's also a a large amount of money to sink into a set, and I don't know if there's really a thing, you know, a a demand for it. Yes, unfortunately, I think that there is. I, I think that there is. But... Well, you know, Muppet Babies have become a thing again. Um, uh, I know. Have you watched this new Muppet Babies? Because I watched yeah. one episode of it. Um, uh-huh. I watched it with my best friend's uh, six-year-old. And so we're sitting there, and you know what her favorite character is, Becky? The penguin. It's the stupid penguin, Summer. <laughs> it doesn't exist. That thing is not, that shouldn't be there. Yeah, That's re- not replace a Skeeter. Baby. Yes. Scooter has a sister, and nobody talks about her. Yeah. What happened? Did she, like, pass away or something? No, actually, like... there was a book. There was a children's book that came out um, way back in the day that was kind of, like, detailed where Skeeter went after the Muppet Babies, and she goes off to be, like, an explorer and an adventurer. Like, she just doesn't go, like, to become showbiz people with them. Like, she still exists, ah. and she's out there adventuring. Um, <clears throat> which is good for Skeeter. You know, don't be a lemming. But the uh, maybe they are are scooter and skeeter lemmings. Aren't they, they they very well could I be. Don't know, what are they? I don't, I don't know, know what they are. I don't, they're scooter and skeeter. Uh, yeah. But the um, uh, summer, yeah, like we're sitting there and she's just like, "Summer's my favorite," and I'm like, "I don't like summer." And she goes, "Why?" Like she's an adorable <laughs> six year old. She looks at me with these big big eyes. It's like adorable little blonde haired girl. She goes, why? And I'm like, well, because, you know, she's not a... Uh, she's not, she's one not of, canon. I said, she's not one of the original Muppets. And she goes, she thinks about it for a second, and she looks at me and she goes, but that's okay. Aww. And I was like, all right, kid, you got me there. I know. <laughs> I know. And then, like, I was joking with her later in the episode, because it was an episode where, like, there's, like, a blue frog that comes in. Um, yeah. And, like, they, the, the whole point of the episode is this other frog comes in. And they start trying to, like, give him all Kermit's favorite stuff to, like, make him feel at home. And he gets mad because, like, he's not Kermit. And he's like, not all frogs yeah. want the same thing. Not all frogs want to play the banjo and, you know, all this stuff. And so I was just like, oh, I don't like that frog. And she goes, well, why? And I said, uh, well, I was like, he's blue. Frogs aren't blue. And she, she stops and she thinks for a minute. And she looks at me and she goes, but, Kevin, everyone's different. <laughs> and I went, you know what, kid? You're right. <laughs> like, I, yeah, it was like gives me hope for the future, but she still I likes know. that stupid penguin, which <laughs> like I think the blue I think the blue frog that was Todger Call, the voice of Todger Call. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's amazing yeah. to me how like defensive we get over the things that we loved as kids. <laughs> I know, and it's sad because you do think about these kids don't know anything about the the past, and it's cool that they know anything about Muppet Babies at all. Well, in Kingdom Hearts 3, and this is not a spoiler, when you go to, because it was in the trailer, when you go to the 100 Acre Wood, Lumpy, the Heffalump, is there. Oh, interesting. And my brother Dan and I were like, who the heck is that? <laughs> we were like, get this thing out of here. And our, our, our youngest brother, who grew up in that era, he just looks like he's like, you're monsters. <laughs> he's like, leave Lumpy alone. <laughs> Lumpy's the best, man. <laughs> <laughs> and like my my friend my friend TJ whose daughter is the one that loves summer, I reached up to him and I was just like, "Who is this elephant? This half lump?" And, and he defended Lumpy. Like he he's with me on yeah. summer, but he defended Lumpy. Yeah. So, Lumpy. Uh, but yeah, uh, great moments in history. It's funny. It's fun. It's got original music. It's got puppetry. It it's really really great audience participation. I hope it never goes away. It's it's such Makes a great. Makes me cry. Yeah, I, I cried the first time. Every time, every time I see Piggy come out, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's my girl. Well, yeah, when, well, when they when, when they're like ready, 
everyone and they all pop up and they start singing i yep. full blown wept the first time i yep. saw it um so you said you had a list of things that are that no longer exist i do and and i need to go back for one second to my original there are two things puppet wise and i can't believe i can't i didn't remember either one of these but california has a new show with coco um, okay and it's in the it's in the Adventureland area over by where there's like a, a little Mexico area, um, and they have this amazing Coco puppet. And it's one of the ones where it's sort of like Timon is in the Broadway musical, where you have the actual person standing there, yeah. and then the puppet is on their feet, and they they move the puppet with their hand, and the, it, it's uh, incredible. If you have a chance, that. look it up. It's so good, and they have uh, the actual puppet is so advanced. It's beautiful. It, it It's so cool. Look it up on YouTube. It's Miguel's something with Coco. Um, and then the other thing that is both in Disney World and Disneyland is Playhouse Disney slash Disney Junior Live on stage. I was just going to say that we forgot to talk about that. It might actually be did. gone from Disney World by now because I know it's on the chopping block. I, I'm not sure. I think the Playhouse Disney is still out in California. And I will say this is the one. So I have auditioned for Disney for many, many, many years when I lived in California. And I'd never even gotten past the first um, the first round for, for any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it was, a, it was a joke. Like a bunch of friends and I would go to the audition and then we'd get cut and we'd go into the park and it was a fail face day. Um, <laughs> and so we would get the I'm celebrating failure. You know, like right. we made, we make it a fun event. But so my friend Emmett and I, who is Emmett now works down in Disney World, um, he and I went to the puppet audition and I ended up going all the way to the very, very last call. So I made it through eight hours of auditioning. Wow. And the the very, very last call, there were three girls and two guys. And the other two female performers who were there with me, one of them played Nemo in uh, one of the original takes of Nemo the musical oh, down wow. in Orlando. And then the other girl was a professional puppeteer from New York City. Uh-huh. And so I was sitting there like, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe this. I'm going to be a puppeteer in Disney. This is the most amazing thing ever. This is all I've ever dreamed of. Super excited. And then they came through and they said, everybody was so great, but we're going to cut the three girls. We're just going to go with the guys oh, today. Oh, man. We really, we really were just looking for men today. But we're going to keep all of your – eight your hours. Eight hours. But I made it all the way to the very, very last one. And poor Emmett, I think he got cut after one or two. And he, he was, like, waiting for me in the park. And so after each oh. each interview or each audition uh, round, I would text him go, keep waiting. Next round, keep waiting. <laughs> Finally, I think, like, 5 o'clock at night, he's like, I'm just going to go home. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. What were these auditions like for puppeteering? Like, What did you have to do? Did they give you puppets to work with? At one point, so they gave us, you know, the little eyeballs that you can put on your fingers. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little ring you put around your fingers. And so that's what they had us do. And they had us do syllables, like um, actually have, talk as in a sentence. Because when you say certain things, your mouth has to move a certain way. And so your puppet's mouth has to move the same way. Um, and, and sort of seeing if you can, you know, when you do puppetry, you don't flap up and down. Your your thumb goes up and down. Yes. And yeah, the, your, your top hand stays still. Yep. Yeah, I remember, he, like I remember that. hearing that because uh, that's like an old Jim Henson thing. Yes. Yeah, because you, when you talk, your upper lip doesn't flap up and down. Right. Your lower jaw goes up and down. And so they wanted to see how people reacted and did that. Um, they had us introduce ourselves, and then the puppet introduced himself. Um, they had us do some lip syncing with uh, some music. Um, 
just a bunch of different things to see. And also, you know, constantly keep your hand hand up in the air. That's another thing, too, yeah. to make sure that the, the, the strength was there, to be able to hold a puppet above your head for a certain amount of time. I don't think we actually had an actual puppet, but maybe we did. Maybe we did towards the end. But it, the, the eyeball thing was amazing because you take a hand and you put eyeballs on it, it's automatically a, a living creature. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's there, the coolest thing ever. There are so many things that I've heard, like, because, I mean, I've obviously looked into this a lot or, like, Things like you know, when you have the when when the puppet's standing there reacting to things, not having the mouth closed because that's dead, and right. it's more alive if the mouth is just like partly opened and it can look around and react to things and like yeah. little things that I never thought about, like the thing with the thumb and not the upper hand, like that was yeah. a thing that I had heard um, from my friend who got his master's in puppeteering, and you know he was talking about like he was trained by a bunch of old Henson guys and like that was one of Jim Henson's things, you know. Like not moving the top of the head and no seams visible on the puppets. Like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, like that's that's really really cool. Um, yeah, it was a cool. It was a really cool experience. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it's one of those things where now I, I honestly didn't even know it existed in the parks because I don't have little kids. Um, so I well, I guess I did at the time. Come to think of it, um, right. but I, I did. I didn't know at the time. Mara um, Mar doesn't really strike me as a Disney Junior live on stage girl. <laughs> No, but it was it was Michaela at the time. Oh, right, had, with Michaela. I had yeah. my goddaughter. Yeah, yeah, I had my goddaughter, who was who was a little baby at the time. But um, I think I took her to play at Disney once, and she it, she wasn't feeling it. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't her thing. Um, but yeah, it it was. That's then that's another show that's in. And now they have. Uh, I think it was Sophia the First, Doc McStuffins, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. They got. Uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, so they do the whole hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity yep. dog, and the whole, you know, uh, oh, toodles, you know, all right. that sort of thing. So, uh, excuse me, I did see a couple of uh, YouTube performances of the one at Disney World where you can see the tops of the performers' heads. Ooh. I was like, ooh, maybe that's why it's going away. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> I guess, you see know, that. Yeah, if you watch some of the ones on YouTube, you can actually see when they're coming out because they have little lanes that they have to work in for the puppets, mm -hmm. and you can actually see the top of the performer's head and in the Sophia the First. Wow. Not impressed. Not impressed. I'm, I'm not. I'm, as an adult, it's kind of like you were talking about. As an adult, I'm sitting here judging their puppetry, and I'm sure the kids are like, "Oh my gosh, this is so magical and amazing! That's my my best friend Sophia up there." You know, like we we don't. You know. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but going going back to what we were talking about, a couple of the things that don't exist anymore that I think we should take note of. Right. Uh, across all of the parks, I think most of these were Adventure, um, sorry, Animal Kingdom or MGM. But Mickey Starland, uh, which was all like Disney afternoon characters, so they had Chippendale Re Rescue Rangers. Uh, yeah. uh, they had Tailspin. They had Darkwing Duck. Really nineties, like painfully 90s where it was all rap. it was like uh here's your friend mickey mouse you know it was all doo -doo -ch, doo -doo -ch, really bad 90s rap right um which everything was back in the 90s um they had oh you the, know what i realized we forgot also not to cut you off the uh indiana jones of extent spectacular i forgot to mention. that's on my list too yeah absolutely yeah. that was, that's on my list because that one does that still exist it does okay i couldn't remember yeah i can't believe i forgot to mention it yeah, yeah. It's a stunt show. And then similar to that, they had uh, Tarzan Rocks. Yeah. It's where Nemo is now. Um, and that was like Cirque du Soleil. So they had live performances and it was like a concert, but then they had all these aerial acts as well. So it, it really felt like a Cirque du Soleil Tarzan. Right. Um, and then over in, I think it was also in Animal Kingdom, was Spirit of Pocahontas. 
um, which was that sounds uh, familiar. It was interesting because if you remember this, it was basically the tale of Pocahontas told by the Native American side. Uh-huh. And so they were acting out the characters like they had like the stick characters of the um, the colonists. Uh, it was very interesting. <laughs> it was a little weird. That does watch. sound weird. Yeah. Yeah. But it was basically the story of Pocahontas told by the Native Americans. Um, they also had Hunchback of Notre Dame live at MGM. Yep, um, I remember that. Which is now a Broadway musical. Yes. And a really great that, Broadway. Not not on Broadway. Unfortunately, never made it there. But that musical is tremendous. It is. It's a kind of a sad ending. It's a little bit more like oh, the book. Yeah, it's a horrific ending. Yeah. Yeah. But that song that they sing, Top of the World, I adore. I haven't so, heard yeah. that one. I, my favorite is um, Made of Stone. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to send you. Uh, Top of the World is one that Esmeralda sings with um, Quasimodo. And it's oh, I'll look. That, you know, I have I have the album saved on uh, Spotify, so I'll look. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then here come the Muppets. Obviously, we talked about yeah. that was they were all like real people in costumes, and it's it's atrocious. It's if you want to see like grade A bad quality Disney, look that up. It hurts. It's, um, yeah, it's painful. And then Doug Live, which was down. In MGM, it was right next to where they filmed uh, Mickey Mouse Club. It was in that little, kind of like the same sort of area down mm-hmm. there Yeah. in MGM. And that was basically based on, on the Doug TV show. And if we're talking about TV <laughs> shows, one of the places, I, I believe one of the big things that they are lacking sorely across all the parks is they do not do enough with Disney XD shows. So, like, where is Gravity Falls? Where yeah. is... Star Butterfly, where is uh, Wander Over Yonder? Like, these are the kind, I personally think these would be so great because, you know, you you start losing the kids when they get to 11, 12, 13, 14. They start thinking they're too cool for Disney and they go over to Universal. Mm-hmm. And that's what Universal plays on. Like, all of their advertising and marketing is, you know, when you've grown out of Disney sort of thing. So why not do more with Disney XD and have some of those kind yeah. of shows like they did with Mickey Starland. Um, do something that is, is more catering to those that is not a dance party, something that's right. like a show right. that's catered to that. I, I feel like they completely missed. something. I would say even something like a Disney Junior Live on stage kind of deal where you can swap the shows out when things, you know, you could change the show every like two years yeah. when shows go off the air. Like, yeah, but I mean, you know, they have, you go into any hot topic and you can find Gravity Falls, Star Butterfly, you can find all of these things because there is a, a want, there is a huge market for it. Oh, they're, and I they're feel super like popular. Disney, yeah, they missed the ball on that one. That needs to be somewhere in Hollywood Studios. And you know what? And I feel like the old MGM Studios, it would have been there. Yeah. Like that's yeah. where it would have lived. But now like everything, it's, you know, I've, a friend of mine uh, described it as a salute to all cinema, but mostly Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's right true. now it's like if you're not Star Wars or Toy Story, you don't really belong there. Yeah. It's like Pixar and Star Wars is what Hollywood Studios has become. Yeah. Which, okay, great. I think it's great that they have a whole Pixar area. Totally. I like that idea. Pixar is Disney, but it's not. I mean, it is, it's different. It's a different. I will you know, say, it, it's so interesting that Disney owns the company, but you still have to, like, pay props to Pixar. Because, like, when you turn Kingdom Hearts 3 on, like, the opening, like, the, you know, it was always the Disney Interactive logo and the Square Enix logo. Yeah. Now it's the Disney Interactive logo, the Pixar logo, and the, and the, and the Square Enix logo. Yeah, well, so it's a different company. 
wait, so many of the movies are Pixar that they use in this one. Like they use yeah. um, Toy Story, obviously, is the big one. Monsters, Inc. Um, there's Ratatouille stuff in it. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, it's it's the same as Lucasfilm and with Marvel. I mean, they, right. Disney owns it, but it's all – they are they, they are their own company. It was just cool to see the Pixar logo pop up for, uh, for yeah. Kingdom Hearts. You got any other uh, extinct attractions? I don't think so. Those, I think that's – well, they've got the, the, the stunt show, the car and lights. Yeah, but Lights, Motors, Actions, Epic Stunt Show. Um, yeah. So I've got some uh, some stuff from our friends around the world uh, to share. I asked them. I said, Masters, for today's show, what are your favorite live musical shows slash performances in Walt Disney World and Disneyland? <laughs> um, Scott Zobel says, Finding Nemo the Musical. And then I'll yeah. happily walk around the rest of the day singing Go With the Flow. Uh, Tony Stevens says, The Dapper Dans. Kate Patton says, Beauty and the Beast gives me nostalgia for when I played Chip in high school. Andy Rudolph says, The Finding Nemo Musical is so well done. Tony Sheffield says, All-time favorite, Festival of Lion King. But years ago, it was Tarzan Rocks and Nemo replaced it. Uh, Craig Groff Folsom says, Festival of the Lion King, hands down. Also, I'm that one weirdo who loves Move It, Shake It, uh, change its name every few years. Move It, Shake It, change its name every year. Uh, Christina McSheffrey says, We really like Nemo, even though we don't get out to Animal Kingdom as often as the other parks. Big Blue World sticks in your head, but that's not a bad thing. Um, Tony Sheffield also saw these guys a few weeks ago. She posted a little video of their... There's a, a, a band in the German pavilion right now that's playing during the festival. I'm not sure their name, but they are pretty good. I did see them. And, you know, you get a lot of those festival-specific acts in Epcot a lot. Like, there was a guy yeah. by the Hanukkah booth during the Festival of the Holidays who came up with an acoustic guitar, sang a bunch of Hanukkah songs, which was really, really Oh, neat. nice. Yeah. That's really cool. Chris Probelski says, Sunny Eclipse. Uh, I'm loathe to disagree, but I don't, I don't know if I can agree with it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Libby Krago says, Festival of the Lion King. Jessica Wiley says, Fantasmic. Sunny Santos says, Festival of the Lion King, acrobatics, singing, theming. My kids are always mesmerized. There isn't a bad seat in the house. Uh, Carrie Ann Rudolph says, Mickey and the Magical Map is great in Disneyland and Lion King and Animal Kingdom, and our family favorite is Fantasmic. Chris Natalini says, Cadaver Dance, for sure. Robin Cooley uh, Midema says, for the first time in forever, a frozen sing-along. Samantha Wright, who is the one who showed me the Shanghai uh, pictures, uh, she says, does Fantasmic count? If not, then I choose Festival of the Lion King. Uh, Shannon, Jor- and I would say Fantasmic counts. Shannon Jordal says, I missed the opening number at Main Street Station at Magic Kingdom. It was such a special thing to see the park open in that way and then walk through the tunnel and have the castle revealed as you head down Main Street. Eve DeSell Sorry, says, my fault. Yeah, totally Becky's <laughs> fault. The actress, Jinx. Um, yeah. Eve DeSell, Festival of the Lion King for sure. Kevin Beacom says, Festival of the Lion King, Finding Name of the Musical, and for the first time in forever. Melissa Maxey says, Beauty and the Beast, and for the first time in forever. Um, Adam DeVern says Nemo and Festival of the Lion King Cody Van, du- Van Dusen says Gotta be Festival of the Lion King no doubt uh, Jen Ehrman who's a Disneyland person says Top shows of Disneyland as told by Jen Fantasmic is of course the best um, Honorable mention for the Mad Tea Party because I'm still bitter it's gone uh, Yeah Frozen Live at the Hyperion is actually a great show First couple weeks it had some hiccups but now they've gotten it down it's lots of fun um, Fun fact the um, the girl that played Anna in the um, the screenshot that she shared just got picked up from the tour of Les Miserables. Uh, Mickey and the Magical Map is by far one of the best things ever. Um, Red Car Trolley Boys, the Disney California Adventure are a ton of fun, plus Mickey joins them. Storytelling at the Royal Theater is also a ton of fun. Tangled is a bit better than Beauty and the Beast, but only slightly. And another honorable mention goes <clears throat> to whenever suburban legends are playing at downtown Disney. Uh, Jennifer Day, she told me pronounced Day, 
Uh, <laughs> I guess I pronounced it wrong in the past. She says, I love the way the opening show at the Magic Kingdom, uh, loved the opening show at the Magic Kingdom before it changed. It always immediately got me in the mood for magic. Monica Rodriguez Pinto from over at the Mouse in Her House podcast says, I really enjoy Finding Nemo, Mariachi Cobra, and the Mexico Pavilion, and the Dapper Dance, but my favorite is definitely the Frozen sing-along. The Good Morning Show at Magic Kingdom was awesome, too. Crit Obara says, Festival of the Lion King, with an honorable mention to Muppets present great moments in American history. And while not my favorite, every single time I hear walking right down the middle of Main Street USA or Festival of Fantasy, they get lodged in my brain for days, so they are jams. Karaguth says the Hocus Pocus villain spectacular or Nemo. Michael Johnson says Festival of the Lion King. Jim Mistishin says, I really enjoyed the welcome show at Magic Kingdom. Got the day started off right away. Um, Karen Becker-Pot says, I used to sell the show for Tarzan. Loved those aerialists and those monkeys could move. Uh, Sarah Coyle says Festival of the Lion King hands down. Laura Clark Adcock says, another Festival of the Lion King. Love that Broadway caliber show. Can be seen every half hour in Animal Kingdom. And Jason Frink says, I'm a nighttime show fanatic, so low. Illuminations doesn't have actors. It is done live, and I would put it at the top. Rivers of Light used to have live actors, and that would probably be my number two. Oh, I guess they got, I got to check if they got rid of them. In terms of traditional shows, <coughs> Nemo and Voices of Liberty blow me away every time. I love the theatricality of Nemo, and I love the no mics, no lights, just the rotunda and amazing vocal talent with voices. Uh, so that's our friends around the world. A lot of really good, uh, a lot of really good entries here. Definitely, and we agreed with most of them. Yeah, we did. Uh, so, Becky, thank you so much for coming on the show and helping me out today in Pete's absence. I always love having you on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And you want to uh, let people know where they can find you on social media and, you know, the Facebook page for your new endeavor and whatnot? Absolutely. So you can find me at Facebook slash Actrez, A-K-T-R-E-Z, fun, F-U-N, for Storytime Sunday, every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also add me on Facebook.com slash Jen, G-E-N, online, and find out all the information about the upcoming JenOnline.us. I'm so excited for that. Me right. too. Well, uh, without any further ado, uh, that's going to do it for Two Men in the Mouse this week, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. We love having you guys here. We love being back with you every single week. Please check out Peter Mandel, our good friend and co-host over at Rogue Comics in Cranford, New Jersey at 105 North Union Avenue, Cranford, New Jersey, 07016, or go to roguecomics.com where you can find a link to Pete's eBay store. <clears throat> uh, make sure you, if you're booking a trip to Walt Disney World or Disneyland or Universal Orlando, any Disney resort throughout the known world, you check out our friend Dave Weikert over at Magical Travel. He'll plan your Disney vacation for you at no additional cost to you. Also, remember Kingdom Strollers. Uh, they are your one-stop shop for crib and stroller rentals in the Orlando area. They'll deliver a crib or stroller right to your Disney resort, and you know, you'll be perfectly happy with it. Our friend Dimitri Ravanas has his, his uh, college football podcast, Chewing Clock, over on the Armchair All-Americans Network, so be sure to check him out as well over at armchairallamericans.com, also on iTunes and Stitcher. And for me, my books are still available over on amazon.com. You can check that out. Uh, my Facebook page is facebook.com slash Kevin J. Kessler author. You can also follow me on Twitter at Kevin J. Kessler or Instagram at White Dragon PN. Um, so uh, <clears throat> thank you so much again for joining us, folks, this and every week. Uh, Becky, any closing words? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Uh, please, folks, keep the magic alive every day of your lives. We will see you next week on Two Men and the Mouse.